next on BYU Sports Nation, Victory Bell, greater than Cal Bell. BYU survives Mississippi State in double overtime. Another close game. I'm shocked. I got a fever. What was your biggest takeaway from Friday night's game? Plus, will the Big 12 expand today, Spencer? ESPN's Trevor Mattis joins us to discuss all of that. And how good is Boise State? Big Monday. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What is up? BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, (laughs) presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, October 17th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with expert potato peeler, Jerem Jordan. Okay, I was born outside of uh, Boise on the Mountain Home Air Force Base. Okay, that's, I don't know, what is it, 20 or 30 miles? I moved when I was two, so I don't have a strong emotional connection there. But uh, it's the Boise State Week, which is awesome because I love me some Spotty Buddy, and I can't wait um, to... Where is Spotty Buddy by... What? Hey! Where'd he go? What did you do? I, did, I want to do something. I don't know do where he Spotty is. Buddy? Now I see. Okay, where... I don't know where he is. I see that he's not there. Where's Spotty Buddy? <laughs> and, and how, it am begins. I, how am I supposed to throw him off the set of the end if he's not in front? That, now, that's weird. The week of Boy State, he's gone. Is it a heat? <laughs> that's a fair question. Well, yes. It, you would think that it is because it's know. Spotty Buddy, right? Neither of those are feminine <laughs> or masculine. I don't know. Okay, so we have to find Spotty Buddy, but that's not – that's nor – Neither here nor there, okay? I think you're there's Mississippi State, there's Big 12, and there's Spuddy Buddy. So we have three main topics today. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to it. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU beats Mississippi State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium Friday night, early Saturday morning, technically, in double overtime, 28-21. to Jamal Williams took him to overtime, but he broke the all-time rushing mark at BYU. Our takeaways and what Jamal Williams is chasing now... Coming up in What's Trending. All right. And what a record. It took him a while, but he got it, and that's totally awesome. Cougars in the NFL from yesterday. Daniel Sorensen had six tackles in a win versus Ben Bagley's Raiders. I didn't write that, by the way. Dennis Pitta had six catches for 36 for the Ravens. Ziggy Ansah had a tackle, and Kyle Van Noy had five tackles for the Lions. Good to see Ziggy back. And Alani Fua and the Cardinals play tonight on Monday Night Football. Number eight, BYU Women's Soccer. Destroyed Portland three to nothing nice. on Saturday night. Get this: all six times they have played in conference, BYU has won. They are undefeated against Portland, Portland in WCC. Play. Used to be super legit at soccer. Now they're not, and so that's a really good win. I mean, historically, Portland's legit, man. BYU did so without Ashley Hatch, their leading scorer. Do they three, even need her? Question mark. Three I'm different just players scored goals. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Michelle Vasconcelos, Nadia Gomes, and Busy Bowen. And if you missed Boom. the Nadia Gomes goal, it it's one of the best of the year. WCC Player of the Year, bro. It was She's awesome. It was amazing. I mean, just how quickly she got it off. Take a look. We've tweeted it out on a bunch of different accounts. Oh, yeah. uh, Including mine. But uh, really fun to watch BYU Women's Soccer do work on Saturday You know what's awesome? Video. 11th ranked women's volleyball beat Gonzaga on the road 3-0. So they bounced back after losing to Portland on Thursday. Senior Amy Boswell had 13 kills. Lindy Haddock Haddock had 38 assists and 15 digs for a fourth career double-double. Nicely done. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Ring that victory bell. BYU beats Mississippi State, and in doing so, quiet the cowbells back in Stark, Vegas, and the few that made the trip to Provo, Utah. 28-21, the Cougars have now won three straight and are back over 500 with four wins and three losses. It has become comical how this season has played out for the Cougars. And specifically, if BYU does not play a thrilling, bite your nails, I can't take it anymore type of game, it's a shock. The Michigan State game was a shock because it wasn't close. Entertainment value is high, but for BYU what matters most is another fourth quarter comeback win, this time to beat an SEC opponent. Hey, and that's nice. And look, these teams that BYU has beaten – they're not actually that good, but that doesn't matter to me. Arizona's two and five. Uh, Toledo is five and one. They're the they're the best team on paper, I guess. That BYU's been. Michigan State lost to Northwestern. They're two and five, and uh, or two and four. And Mississippi State is two and four. But BYU made plays to win back to back weeks where they beat a Big Ten team and an SEC team. Did BYU play its greatest game? No. In fact, I thought they played pretty poorly. But they won, which is awesome. And they made the plays to win the game in overtime. Tanner Baldry picking up the fumble. 25-yarder on the first play of OT. Got it done. Hunter Marshall with the TD. How about the tight ends in this game? So this was, this was a good win. In the end, Mississippi State might not even make a bowl game. But that's okay. BYU won. The fans stormed the field. They were excited. It was dramatic. It was fun. And for the second time, BYU goes to the tight end to win a game. Back in 2009, Max Hall to Andrew George, the tight end, to beat Utah. Seven years later, BYU goes to the tight end again. So, look, find a way to win. An ugly win is still a win, and BYU has three straight, which takes us to our Twitter question today. What's your biggest takeaway from BYU's victory over Mississippi State? First tweet using the hashtag BYUSN at BroyalBlueCoog. Grit gets stuff done. It was an ugly game from start to finish, but when it mattered, offense and defense came through. And now, I, I and yes, will this formula, the, can BYU play that game and beat Boise State? No way. BYU loses by 25 if they play that kind of game against Boise State. They have to play a lot better. But Mississippi State has physical, fast dudes. I was impressed uh, by BYU's ability in the fourth quarter to tie the game and then in overtime to go win that. That was good. I think that having played the tough schedule and the good teams, the six Power 5 teams, got BYU ready for a Michigan State and a Mississippi State. And let's not forget this. The unforced errors from BYU gave, essentially, the opportunity for 14 points in regulation for Mississippi State. The substitution penalty on a fourth down, first down, touchdown after. The third and goal stop by Butch Pau, Harvey Longy was offside. By the way, Harvey Longy on both those penalties. I just noticed that, which is weird. Um, They replay third down, touchdown. There's the 14 points in regulation. What if BYU is... uh, doesn't have a penalty on either of those plays. Could have been zero. Could have been three or seven. Very different. I've got a couple of takeaways from this game, and I will get to uh, BYU winning and not playing well in just a moment. But let's give credit where credit is due, and that is for Jamal Williams. It took him until overtime to get it done. Just like we said. We said um, the first quarter of overtime uh, (laughs) that he would break the record on Friday. It took to overtime, but he got it done. Mississippi State (laughs) stacked the box. They dared BYU to throw the ball, and Taysom Hill did just enough. First three touchdown passing game, by the way, for Taysom Hill, to beat the Bulldogs with his arm. But Jamal Williams, 
got the yards, and now he has written another record in the annals of BYU football history, which takes us to chasing no passing Unga. On his way to BYU football immortality, Jamal Williams is chasing Unga on BYU Sports Nation. Jamal Williams is no longer chasing Unga as he passed Harvey Unga on Friday night and is now the BYU all-time rushing leader, 3,468 yards. He is, I think, 942 on the season, just 58 shy of 1,000, and he's all of seven games into his senior season. Harvey Unga gave Jamal Williams the game ball after, Fantastic. which is pretty cool. Fantastic. So, so congrats to Jamal. He didn't have his strongest game in this one, as you mentioned, 2.9 yards per carry. He did have 26 carries, though. What did BYU do in this one that they didn't do against Utah and UCLA? Stuck with it. Now, that can be pretty stubborn. It's not working. Why are you still going with it? But sometimes you need to do that. Um, so what, Guess what? When you do that, it sets up a play like they had in double overtime when you run a play-action pass, naked bootleg, and Tanner Baldry scores a touchdown. That was the very first play of the game, and it didn't work, by the way. Um, but it worked for the win, interestingly enough. Okay, so Jamal Williams has set the single-game rushing record, 286 against Toledo. He's now the all-time leading rusher at BYU. Yet there is still something for him to chase down, and what is it? On his way to continued BYU football immortality, Jamal Williams is now chasing state on BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) (laughs) It's the single-season record. We don't know how to not do a chasing something, I guess. Jamal Williams needs 641 yards to pass Luke Staley's single-season rush record of 1582. So he needs to get 128 a game. He's at 134 a game now. He dropped 10 yards after that. Well, and if you think that's the end of it, let's say he does pass Luke Staley. Oh, my goodness. You thought wrong, okay? You want one more? He's also chasing Jenkins. Jamal Williams needs 88 more carries really? this season carries? to pass Ronnie Jenkins' record of 252 carries in one season. Are we going to do yards per carry? <laughs> Are we going to do yards gained? Are we going to do It's fumbles? what we do! We it's what do? we do. What? What? <laughs> Listen, he needs to average 17.6 carries per game in the last five to, to catch Oh my God, get out of here. Hey, here's my takeaway. <laughs> playing bad Power 5 teams is still playing Power 5 teams, and it's tough, right? That's my takeaway. Because BYU had 261 yards of total offense in regulation. That's really bad. I don't think Mississippi State's one of the top defenses in the country. I think they matched up. Um, it was a difficult matchup for BYU, and schematically, they, they challenged BYU. The Cougars couldn't really get it done through the air very much, 16 of 28, 165 passing. Yet they won, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. If you didn't think this was a rushing offense, listen to this. BYU's won back-to-back games, Big Ten and SEC, by the way, with sub-200-yard passing games. This means... The BYU has to be able to run the ball to win games. And they couldn't run the ball very well. 3.1 yards per carry as a team. Uh, 146, which is fine. BYU wants to get 200 plus. Um, so against Boise State, this is going to be a different kind of matchup. And we'll break it down more in the week, but here's the thing. Boise State does not have the dudes in the trenches that Mississippi State does. So, and UCLA and Utah. So I think BYU will be able to run the ball on Thursday. BYU beating Power 5 teams, albeit one's 2-5 and five and two of them are 2-4, and four, still quality wins. I mean, you're playing against really good talent. Whether or not those teams are playing well together or not, well, that's another discussion. But the fact is, 
they can recruit very good athletes. There are There's a lot of talent on the field, and BYU as a scrappy team finding a way to win these games, and uh, it, it will reap its dividends. And I know BYU in the three losses – 12th-ranked West Virginia beat them 35-32. Yeah, how is, how is West Utah. Virginia ranked 12th? They're not the 12th they best They just destroyed Texas Tech. I know, but you know that it, it's, they're it's fickle. So. Yeah, they're yeah. undefeated. It changes week to week. Utah, one-point loss. They're the number 19 team in the country. Boise State is number 14. What can BYU do against the Broncos? I'm intrigued. We man. find out on Thursday night. Mm. Power 5 wins, even if they are against teams that are supposedly D- down. Stinketh. It's still it's not, not supposedly they are, dude. They're two and four, two and five. They just are. It still matters. They might not make bowl games. You know it, what I mean? It like, still matters. But, but just win the game in front of you. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. But I, I'm not going to go like when when we discuss the uh, toughest schedule ever. To me, it is because of the top to bottom amount of quality teams on there. BYU's not playing ranked team week after week. In fact, Boise State is what the second ranked team that's BYU's played or third. Was Utah ranked at the time and UCLA? I Utah was not ranked West, when BYU played. Them. West Virginia was not, but they are now. So BYU's helped West Virginia get ranked through that three point loss. I I do like what I the 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 means have not been ideal, but the end has been. And what's more important, the end is more important than the means. The schedule right now, I think, is the 18th toughest in the country Sagarin according ratings. to the Sagarin rating. Mm-hmm. So a top 20 difficulty of schedule. And they're 4-3. and three. They have a winning yeah, record hey, against that schedule. We said through 8, if they were 4-4, four and four, we'd take it. And so th- th- that would mean loss of Boise State. I think BYU can go up there and compete. I watched that Colorado State game, and I've, and I've looked at the information from the previous uh, couple of games. And BYU... I think, can match up with Boise State. The, the defense will be the question. We'll break it down throughout this week, but I think BYU's battle-tested, and uh, we have a heck of a stat coming up later in the week about Taysom Hill against non-Power Fives. Oh, my goodness. My biggest takeaway, obviously, was the Jamal Williams situation taking place in overtime, becoming the all-time leading rusher, but uh, you know, the other thing that sticks out to me is BYU did not play well and won, Jerem. That's they nice. They did not play well, and they won. They had been improving the last three games, and so it was kind of frustrating to see them take a step back offensively. Defensively, great, right? 386 uh, you know, total yards, 14 points in regulation. I thought that was really good. A, a couple unforced errors I talk about with Harvey Longy on the substitution penalty, Harvey Longy on offside. If you can clean that up a little bit, I'm, I'm, there was a shot where Boise State maybe doesn't even score in that game. I'm serious. Twitter question today. What is your biggest takeaway from BYU's victory over Mississippi State? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Ty Scott Jensen, that SEC speed is legit, and they are fast and big, but we battled and pulled out the win. All that matters. Hey, yeah, wait, just win, baby. Al Davis from the grave, bro. At the underscore Jamal fence. That I'm going to miss Taysom and Jamal so much next year. I, oh, yeah. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it while we're at it right now. Probably six more opportunities for you to watch those two play in a BYU Probably, uniform. Are you questioning the board? No, I'm not. <laughs> six more opportunities for you to watch them play in a BYU uniform. Coming up are going for two results. But first, it's another Maddich Monday. He discusses everything from Big 12 expansion to that game on Sun on Friday. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, those moving pictures, 
currently on BYU TV, and our conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. A huge Monday. And hang out with us all day because it's 6 Eastern time. Normally, that's the rebroadcast window. We will be live today so that we can cover... Uh, what the Big 12 says about expansion. They will be live with a press conference during our show. So hang out with us tonight at 6 Eastern time for a special live evening edition of BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, let's hope that we don't have to wait two hours like we did for the uh, radio teleconference the last time. I don't they know that something. we would wait two hours <laughs> as well. Adriel? Adriel, where are you? Adriel. Adriel! <laughs> our Twitter question today, what is your biggest takeaway from BYU's victory over Mississippi State, the Cougars now over 500 for the first time since beating Arizona in the opener at 4-3. and three. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Insider and Expert and College Football National Champion. Trevor, we thought Mississippi State might be a trap game. When you look at what happened, was it, or do you chalk that up as just a tough matchup for BYU? You know, that's kind of weird. You take a team that was ranked number one in the nation a couple of years ago and call it a trap game now. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't think it was a trap game. I think that it was an SEC opponent who's had a strong pedigree in recent years, even though they're reloading in a few positions. Even so, they've got a lot of SEC talent littered all through that roster. And this was a game that they really wanted to win. So, you know, I didn't see this as a, as a, a trap game so much as a quality opponent that has a lot in common with BYU, that BYU just had to hit in the mouth and beat the old-fashioned way. BYU made enough plays to win in this game. Do you think that had anything to do with the schedule and who have they, they've already faced this year? I think that has a lot to do with it because BYU now has a habit. And that habit is win a close game. <laughs> Somebody make a play. <laughs> teammates have other teammates' backs. Teammates trust the coaches to put them in the right spot. There, there's a belief there. And people say that teams get lucky, and they do sometimes. But teams that hustle, teams that work hard in practice and then fly to the ball uh, in games tend to have the most luck because they tend to have more football players around the ball doing the right things. And BYU has developed that habit of flying to the ball while doing the right things. And I think that's one of the ways they've won so many close games. I mean, think about it. The, the key play to ice the game uh, or to win the game at the end in, in that last play in overtime was a pass defense in the end zone by a linebacker. Right? Yeah. Fred Warner. So you're looking, at, you're looking at a BYU team that has learned not just how to make plays, but they have an expectation that they'll step up and make plays. Trevor, we knew that Mississippi State was going to load the box against Jamal Williams, and we knew that BYU was still going to try and establish the run. 26 carries, 76 yards, by no means eye-popping stats. But what did you think of Jamal Williams' record-breaking performance against Mississippi State? Well, it was tough and gritty. When I watched that game, especially early, I saw Mississippi State You know, was tough in the front seven. But the, my first thought was Mississippi State playing in the SEC will recognize Jamal Williams. They will recognize the, his style of running, his physical, aggressive style of running that doesn't end until the whistle blows. I mean, just because you have him wrapped up or at least corralled doesn't mean that, that he's about to protect the ball and go down. He will still seek out an opponent and try to inflict some punishment so that he can get another one or two feet 
as he drives some tackler onto his back. And so I, I thought it was a gritty performance. It was an SEC-style performance, not just by Jamal, but by the offensive line as well. Winning's awesome because you can look at the game and you can feel better about maybe a part where you struggled, but hey, you know, the, your team won. BYU had 14 points in regulation and 261 total yards. Did they take a step backwards on offense? No, I think they, they faced a, a strong bunch of athletes on defense. And on offense, they've been about what they are, which is pound the ball as best they can and then throw the ball and try to make a few plays here and there through the air. And their passing offense is still in that position. The position that, they are, that the passing offense is in is one of throw the ball, but not a precision passing offense yet. That requires not just knowing where the open spot will be, but anticipating where the open spot will be and throwing the ball before that spot ever becomes open. This offense requires that, and they're not in a position right now to do that on a regular basis the way they will in years to come once everybody's fully up to speed with with the mental side of this offense. And so, you know, the offense on a passing side is kind of dependent on Taysom seeing a guy open, drilling the ball in there, and then that guy making a play on the ball. Uh, It's not necessarily predictable but it is something that they, they are getting better at doing more often. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars have been granted a 35% chance of winning, according to the ESPN Football Power Index, when they go to the blue and undefeated Boise State on Thursday night. The 14th-ranked Broncos now viewing BYU as a rival, and this looks easily like their toughest game remaining on the schedule. What kind of chance do you give BYU against the top 15 Boise State team? Well, this is a tough one. I mean, it's tough to win up there to start with. Boise State is not just a top 15 team. They are in position now to be the group of five's representative in the New Year's Six Bowls. The top-ranked team, no matter what that ranking might be, uh, of non-Power 5 schools gets an automatic berth to one of those biggest of biggest bowls in the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day uh, bowl games. And Boise State right now is, is that team. So they know that this game is one that they've got to win. If they beat BYU, it'll be one of their two best wins of the season should they win out, the other one being Washington State. And so I think because of the incentive that Boise State has and because of their athletes, I think it'll be a tough, a tough ask for BYU to go up there and win. Now, could they beat them? They sure could. They sure could, but they'll have to do it by being more physical than Boise State. Yeah, Boise State's not a team that you can go up and trick. Boise State's a team that you have to just pound and hit in the mouth. I mean, people think of them as the, the trick play team, the team that ran the, the hook, and, hook and ladder and the Statue, Statue of, of Liberty, Liberty against yeah. Oklahoma, right? But that's not the core of who they are. It wasn't then, it isn't now. And so I think this will be maybe not the most physical game, but certainly one of the most physical games that BYU will play all season long. How good do you think the Broncos are? Because in ESPN's Football Power Index, Boise State is 30th and BYU is 36th. Sagarin ratings, Boise State 30th and BYU 38th. So the, the numbers say these two teams are pretty comparable. The numbers do. And that's why, you know, that's why you've got to watch out for the matchups. And Boise State has as good a, a set of triplets as anybody in the group of five and most teams in the country. Quarterback Brett Rippon is the nephew of Super Bowl champion Mark Rippon of the Washington Redskins. He is a, a typical Boise State quarterback who knows not just his own offense, but he knows opposing defenses inside and out. And he puts the ball where it needs to be at the right time with predictable regularity. 
Mark, excuse me, uh, Thomas Furbeck, Marshall's his father. Tom, Thomas Furbeck, his receiver, his uh, well, his leading receiver, his favorite receiver, is one of the most acrobatic wide receivers in the country. You've got to watch this game, if for no other reason, than to watch Furbeck go up in some crazy configuration like he's in Cirque du Soleil and come down with that football. Because he's an exciting player to watch and very, very difficult to, to stop from catching the ball because you can cover him. But when that ball comes down, he's got such a catch radius because of his, his ability to jump and get to the side to catch that ball. And then at running back as well, they're very, very strong. So because of those matchups, they can stretch the field in any way they want to if they find a weakness for BYU. And conversely, BYU will have to defend the line of scrimmage from sideline to sideline and the vertical passing game from the line of scrimmage all the way to the end zone. Trevor, schematically, how will BYU find success against Boise State and win on Thursday night? I think they'll have to expand their throwing game. This is something that we've talked about all year. It would be tough to just force the ball down Boise State's throat, just like it was tough to force the ball down Mississippi State's throat. And so it will come down to the receivers. Now, Nick Kurtz has really stepped up. Noah Trinneman, I mean, he dropped the pass there but in this last game, uh, but that happens once in a while. The receivers as a whole, you can see growing. And I don't mean growing from a standpoint of catching more balls. I mean growing from a standpoint is more confidence of the physical space that they're in and the physical nature of what's required of them in order to succeed in that space. And you see them getting better and better every week. And this, this game is no different from what we've talked about in weeks past, that if the running game gets slowed down, you've got to pick it up somewhere, and that's got to be the receivers. Now, another thing that I would t- think that they would do is start to incorporate more and more of intentional runs for Taysom Hill. I know they haven't wanted to run him too much because they don't want to get him hurt. But at the same time, he's too much of a weapon. And I think we need to get another plan B out there besides just hope the passing game will start to crank out whenever the running game gets slowed down. And I think that other plan B, plan C if you want to call it that, would be to expose Taysom to getting hit. And hopefully he can get down and slide so he doesn't get hit too much. But, but use his unique ability to be one of the most dangerous running quarterbacks in the nation. Yeah, he's 1-0 as a starter against Boise State, a 17-point win in 2013 as a sophomore. Uh, Today there's a press conference uh, for the Big 12. They're expected to announce something. What that something is is pretty unclear. It's clear that it's unclear. Uh, And we will be live tonight at 6 Eastern Time with BYU Sports Nation to see it. What do you think the Big 12 will do today? Well, I think that they'll announce they're not expanding, at least not right now. It appears that the networks, ESPN and Fox, might pay them to not expand. Because according to the contract they have now with their broadcast partners, the, the broadcast partners will have to pay the Big 12 around $25 million for each expansion team. So they brought in two teams. That's another $50 million a year for the length of the contract that the broadcast partners will have to pony up. And if they pay them, say, a million a team, even $2 million a team, just to not do that, then the teams make out and the broadcast partners don't have to pay the, all that extra money. So th- that's one thing you've got going on. Uh, I don't have any inside knowledge of that, but that just, that just seems to make sense. Um, but I'll tell you this, if the, the Big 12 right now, the future of the Big 12 is hard to get your brain wrapped around. The ACC just signed a, a new deal with ESPN that extended the grant of rights for 20 years. Grant of rights means that if any team leaves, let's say, say Florida State leaves the ACC for some reason, during the space of that 20-year contract, 
Florida State could go to a different conference, all right, but they but the ACC will still have the rights and the money from home games that Florida State plays. So that effectively just keeps you in that conference. The Big 12 goes another five or six years, I think, for the grant of rights. And so the thing to watch for is, do they do something to extend the grant of rights for a longer period of time? If they don't, then Texas and Oklahoma still remain uh, potential uh teams that could that could leave the conference and if they leave then you'll see the big 12 dissolve and so if they don't extend the grant of rights and that won't that won't be announced today i don't think but if they don't then i would expect to see the big 12 get get broken up and poached out to other conferences now think of this though because this is an interesting thing for byu let's say that that happens let's say that you know five six years from now the big 12 just disappears let's say that texas goes to the big 10 with kansas and oklahoma joins the sec of the pac-12 something like that it leaves a bunch of orphans out there in the big 12 imagine another realignment if that occurs imagine byu joins a new conference and that conference includes byu boise state texas tech baylor tcu kansas state Imagine that. Probably Houston yeah, in there as well. Yeah, throw Houston there as well. Yeah, throw Houston in there as well. That would be an amazing conference. That would be, I mean, you might have to, after a few years, call, call it the Power Six now, if, if that were to happen. Now, the that new Big would East, be, if you will. Yeah. Sure, that, that would become a possibility if Big 12 does not expand, Big 12 does not extend their grant of rights, and at the end of this contract, if Texas and Oklahoma go their own way leaving the rest of those teams looking for a conference. So, I mean, there's all kinds of interesting possibilities that are outside the box. Yeah, very thought-provoking conversation when you look at what the future of college football holds from a conference realignment perspective. Trevor, we'll finish with this. Right now, other than Alabama, there's this huge debate as to who is the second-best team in the country because all of those other teams have shown some weaknesses. So in your mind, besides Alabama, who's the best team in the country? Well, Ohio State is the most talented team in the country outside of Alabama. The problem is Ohio State still has not solved their deep passing question. Last year, their offense bogged down a lot because they couldn't throw it deep. And so opposing defenses would come up and jam up the short passes in the running game. This year, they still have struggled at times to throw it deep, and the same thing has happened. That's one of the things that happened up at Wisconsin. So until they get their deep pass game figured out and more predictable, then they're the most talented team but might not be the best team. I think right now if you ask me which team was the best overall football team outside of Alabama, I'd go with Washington. All right, good stuff, Trev. Great to always talk to you, and uh, I guess we wait and see what happens with the Big 12 today. Um, the last time that they got in a room, we all thought we knew what was going to happen, and then uh, the exact opposite happened. So I guess sure, we're planning I mean, for more of who- the same. Who knows? You know, tonight, by, by, by the time for dessert, BYU might be in the Big 12. We don't know. <laughs> that would be the dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, great to talk to you, man. All right, thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. We'll share our thoughts related to the Big 12. Will BYU get in? What will, be, what will happen today? What's plan B if BYU doesn't get in? Uh, coming up in the next segment. So, and he made it very clear, Mississippi State was not a trap game. They are just a very tough opponent coming out of the SEC. And keep in mind, this is a team that lost to LSU by three. Okay, Also lost to South Alabama, dude. In the season opener, that's right. Weird things can happen in openers. And so we all kind of thought, well, they're, 
we, BYU's got this. I still think Mississippi State like stinks. I don't think they'll make a bowl you game. You think they stink? They won't make a bowl game. You think they stink? Well, playing in the SEC West stuff. But you can't lose <laughs> to South Alabama and tell me there's Compar- not some element of stinkiness. Compared to the stinkiness. SEC, okay, maybe they, they stink. But it's like in college football in the big picture, I don't know that they stink. They lost South Alabama. <laughs> what is South Alabama right now? Up next on BYU Sports There's Nation. South Alabama. Our thoughts on Big 12 expansion and our going for two results. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU Television. Coming up tomorrow night, uh, the breakdown of Mississippi State, preview of Boise State on After Further Review. It's one of the best hours of BYU football on television. It's tomorrow night at 7 Eastern time. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. Cougar football beat Mississippi State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Friday night and into early Saturday morning. Double yeah. overtime, 28-21. to Jamal Williams took him to overtime, but he's now the all-time rushing leader at Brigham Young University. Boise State, Thursday night, counting to kickoff at 9 Eastern time. By the way, we still haven't found Spuddy Bunny. Where's I totally forgot to look for him. Where is he? Yeah, you're the number one suspect in the disappearance I of Spuddy Buddy because Why? of your past history and your abuse I, of Spuddy Buddy. Ah, true. <laughs> but I, I, I promise you, I have not touched him. I have not moved him. I have not moved him. You seriously did not, I have not do anything. I have not done anything. Why would I do that? I love throwing him off. Why would I? <laughs> My number one thing is throwing him off on the show. You bring, so why would I comp- move him? you bring up a compelling case. You, want, you want to throw him off the desk, so why yes. would you yes. <laughs> make Thank him you. disappear? Continuing headlines in less relevant Where news. Where are you, Spuddy Buddy? Where are you, Spuddy Buddy? Cougars in the NFL oh. from yesterday. Daniel Sorensen, six tackles and a win over the Raiders. Dennis Pitta, uh, he plays for the Chiefs, by the way, Sorensen. Uh, Dennis Pitta had six catches for 36 yards for the uh, after they fired their OC-less Ravens. Yeah. Ziggy Ansah had a tackle. He was back. That's great. Kyle Inouye had five tackles for the Lions. Lonnie Fu and the Cardinals played tonight on Monday Night Football. Eighth-ranked BYU women's soccer beat Portland 3-0 on Saturday at Southfield without Portland. Ashley Hatch, who is playing with the U.S. national team. Nice. Michelle Vasconcelos, Nadia Gomes, and Busy Bowen all scored those last two goals. I mean, all three goals were spectacular. Oh, fantastic. Really. All three of them were really good. Very, very nice. Now, when I called the game, they didn't score any, so not bitter at all. 11th-ranked women's volleyball beat Gonzaga on the road 3 nothing. Senior Amy Boswell had 13 kills. Lindy Haddock had 38 assists and 15 digs. That's her fourth career double-double. Hey, not to pour more salt in your wound of uh, when you called BYU women's soccer, but Hannah Clark also made like this dramatic penalty I, kick I know. save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a scoreless double-overtime draw. That's what Santa Clara does, Thanks, though. ladies! <laughs> so, Alicia Rose, one of the assistant coaches, like, it's your fault! I was like, hey, I didn't give up a goal. That's true. It wasn't a loss. Sorry, you averaged... I, I said to you, because you showed up late, I said, hey, you told me they scored three a game. Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> when I'm there. Yeah, when, when you're there. When I'm exactly. there. Exactly. On topic now, to expand or not to expand... The 10 school presidents in the Big 12 Conference had dinner together last night. Reportedly delicious. And are meeting this morning and afternoon to discuss potential expansion. We don't know what's going to happen. Wait, what? We don't? Other than the 10 school presidents who are in those discussions right now. I mean, nobody knows. They know. Nobody else knows. Well, did they even know? Who knows? You know what I mean? Do they even know? And, and Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports tweeted out earlier today that he was told that Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner and the featured Rise and Shout uh, dude every day on this show for months. Shout out to Bob again. Shout out to Robert Bowlesby. Bobby. 
We call him Bobby. Mm. Uh, okay. That that uh, he will call the presidents and chancellors of uh, the expansion candidates between four and five central time today to tell them. And a reminder: six Eastern time, we will be live with BYU Sports Nation tonight, today, depending on where you live. We will have full coverage of that press conference and our reaction to it. Now, keep in mind, the last time everyone and their sources were sure the Big 12 was done even looking at expansion, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby and Expansion Committee President David Boren, who's also the president of Oklahoma, came out and said, hey, we're going to explore expansion. And everyone was like, wait, what? That was a shock, right? It, it was a shock to Adriel. So, yes. (laughs) Dennis Dodd also tweeted out, and I totally agree with this. When they get together, expect anything. And I mean anything. Yeah. I totally agree. Like, we have no idea. We have no idea what's going to happen. Well, I have an idea of the options, right? So there are four things that could play out here. Let's walk through them. Expansion with Brigham and another team. Expansion without BYU. No expansion at all or continue to explore expansion. Those are the four options. And the, the fifth uh, and likely option, I, I forgot, is that it will, um, the press conference will be delayed for a couple of hours, and <laughs> we'll hear about some lady named Adriel. Our BYU Sports a- Nation will be just an hour of us and not featuring the press conference. No, I think, I think they put, <laughs> they put be, it out there, and it's become so well publicized, I think that they will start Having it, They will have time. a decision? Oh. They'll start on time. I, okay, what, what do you think will happen tonight? I think that the Big 12 is going to come out and say, look, right now we've done all of the research, we've put in the work, and it just it's not the best option for us to expand right now. So we are going to table it and look at it in a year or two again to see what the college football landscape is like in a year or two and go from there. I just I get the impression that they're going to table it. I th- it table it meaning we're going to look into it more or n- none? Well, they will say, our options are always open, but for now, we're not going to expand. That's what I think is going to happen, too. I I don't think that the Big 12 will expand. I I think that they've looked, and the latest, you know, as Trevor Maddich pointed out, is that Fox and ESPN are like, hey, here's some uh, cash. Don't expand. We'll pay you so that you don't exercise that pro-rata clause in our contracts. Uh, They still have their championship game, but with 10 teams. Um, and, and they go on their merry way, and those expansion candidates have to wait. And, and that's, to me, the likely scenario. But like you said, they have been so eccentric, eclectic, whatever word you want to use, to the point where I'm like, I literally think that anything is possible. But you said that this earlier. This feels like Jabari Parker. Yes. BYU fans are like, oh, there's a shot. There's a shot. Was there a shot? Uh, when Duke's in the mix? When Duke's in the mix, probably not, right? Yes, but no. Um, what percent would you say? I don't know. Four percent, three percent, one percent. Where it's like, so you're telling me that there's a chance, you know? Yeah, but I, I don't think that the Big Twelve wants or needs to expand at this point. I think they got ahead of themselves. I think they liked the headlines during the summer, but when when push comes to shove, who are the two? I don't think they'll name two today. Oh, guys, the, the, I hope they do. I hope BYU's in. This could be one of the biggest days in BYU history, or it could be a day we just forget and move on. This could be the last day of Bulls beyond the Rising Shout, by the way. That's a big day for us. I think hey, ben one, th- was, one thing yeah. you're missing, guys, is if anything can happen, it is the Big 12, the presidents get together. Contraction hasn't been talked about. They're, they're cutting two teams. <laughs> the, the fifth option is that the Big 12 will actually kick out Baylor and Texas Tech. There's a, there's a can you imagine? Five. They're like, um, we'll kick out we're these two. We're going to go back to the Big 8 because that's where we were originally. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they're like, we are bringing back Rice and Houston. The old Southwest and SMU. Oh, man. We miss, we miss the Mustangs. It is fun to think about. Said nobody. BYU being part of a new conference that involved like the best of the rest, so like Houston and Boise State. Uh, that like that after would the Grand of Rides is up twenty twenty five. That would be fun. I think that this is an option for BYU if they don't get into the Big Twelve later. Later, I don't think the Big Twelve survives. I really don't. If they don't expand, I don't think they survive. They could, they might not survive even if they expand. Like we don't know what's going to happen with other conferences. What, is football member is football only an option? Like we'll see a play. I would take it in a heartbeat. I would take it now. Before oh. I went, now I would. Up next, a loaded Cougar whip around full of fantastic goals and whatnot. But first, we need to be held accountable on our going for two picks. This is BYU Sports Nation. Just kick it. Don't go for two. Just kick it. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. If you happen to miss an episode of this show live, you can generally watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. But today, we have a special live edition of the BYU Sports Nation afternoon special. That's right, 6 Eastern time, normally a rebroadcast tonight live. We will uh, cover the Big 12 press conference uh, tonight. That's scheduled for 6.30 Eastern time. It's coming off of the Big 12's website. Um, so it's a Big 12 press conference that we will look in on at 6.30 Eastern. What is your biggest takeaway from BYU's victory over Mississippi State on Friday at VAR underscore Black says reiterated the fact that they don't give up. That game gave a whole new meaning to playing to the end. Yeah, absolutely. They, and that's to BYU's credit. In a game where they struggled, and whose fault is that? That's BYU's, right? Um, they can get better, but it's nice that you win and you go, okay, we did not play that good. We had some unforced errors. Uh, we turned the ball over, but we got some turnovers. Um, yeah, to, to win in those situations is good because you're not going to play your best game every game. You just want to come out a victor. In three of the four wins that BYU has this year, they have trailed in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, think about that for just a bit. Hasn't and, BYU trailed in the fourth in all but one? Except for Michigan State. Except, except for Michigan State. Yeah, how about that? And it was, what, 10-7, I think, at the time. Yep. Okay, it's time that we are held accountable for the predictions that we made last week before Mississippi State. We are going for two. Can you predict the future? Uh, These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. All right, here's how it works. If you're new to the program and don't understand this segment, give you the 411. Jeremy and I make two predictions before each game, a new tradition on BYU Sports Nation, and then... We recap them once the game has gone down. Yeah, how about that? How many guys say things and then aren't held accountable know, yeah. for it? Well, well, us most of the time, except for this segment. We're changing <laughs> it. We're changing this slowly but surely. I love it. I said, first of all, Taysom Hill will pass for at least two touchdowns. Oh, And, and he and had his first three-touchdown game. And in overtime was the second one. The Baldry. Or no, was that three? Oh, no, it was, no it, was in, it was MLPs. MLPs was the Ronan second one. Pututau, or whatever they called him. Yes. On Pututau. Yeah. The fourth quarter <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> Taysom Hill had three touchdown passes, which is a season high for him. My second one. BYU will score 10-plus points in the first quarter. Seven. I knew I was in trouble when BYU kicked off. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-oh. Yeah. That, yeah. It was going to be a stretch. Yeah. Okay. I said BYU win by A+. plus. <laughs> 
Uh, nope. Was that a car starting? What was that? <laughs> I have no idea. He was the seven and a half point favorite, so I thought that they would. Uh, I they did that not they cover. Win and by A plus. They went into overtime. They won I by know. seven. As soon as in they overtime. go to overtime, I'm like. Well, hey, maybe they could have, like, you know, scored nope. and then... Gone for two random... Well, here's, here's the thing. Had it gone to triple overtime and they had to go for two, and then they got a stop, they could have won by eight. Yeah, the only... Well, there's another way you I can win I should have rooted more... for triple overtime because you have to go for two. Yes, there's triple. another way that you can win by more than eight. Like, you score, and then on defense, you get, like, a pick six. And so you win by 13. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My other one was Taysom Hill will have at least three TDs in the game. He had four. He had uh, three pass, one rush. So that was good. It was nice to see Taysom Hill break out um, with touchdowns specifically. You want to know what my favorite play of the game was? What? That was not talked about? The quarterback sneak at the goal line with your 238-pound bruiser of a quarterback. Yeah, Yeah, that was good. Tanner Baldry, I believe, had a good block on that too. Sneaky, sneaky, really good game for Tanner Baldry. That part was sneaky. The part that wasn't sneaky was picking up the fumble to keep the game alive. In uh, in the first overtime, and then of course the play action pass touchdown from Baldry. Awesome. I have now six correct predictions Kesh. and eight incorrect predictions. So I'm six five and, and eight. nine You're... from one game behind. Still, <laughs> I thought I, I thought I was going to get you. Um, I thought I was going to go plus one on you this week, but no. So this is game eight this week. So we have we're going to extend this through the football season, right? Uh, sorry, through the bowl yes. game, and then we'll like call it. That's like halftime, and then we'll go basketball. What are we doing here? Yeah, I, I need to get to 500. Oh, hey, look at this. What? Okay, over your shoulder. Ah! Oh, we have a spuddy, we buddy found him. sighting. He's on the shovel. He is on the shovel. <laughs> what is this, gremlins? Is that a knife in his hand? <laughs> oh okay, he d- no. Oh, it's a potato peeler. My bad. Just he's, kidding. He doesn't have anything. He's coming after you, Jerem. Okay. I'm, Be afraid. I'm going to go pick him up and put him back. I am kind of scared. Be afraid. Be very afraid. If the spirit of Brett Rippon's in this thing, we're in trouble. <laughs> What is your what is your biggest takeaway from BYU's victory over Mississippi State? Yeah. Del- Jeremy is delivering Spuddy Buddy to the set with the Marriott Center Annex shovel. <laughs> Let me tell you. Be careful. Be careful. Woo! Up next, the Cougar Whip Around. Go put that shovel away, man. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Press conference. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU beat Mississippi State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium Friday night in double overtime, 28-21. Jamal Williams broke the all-time rushing record at Brigham. Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Sorensen had six tackles and a win for the Kansas City Chiefs. Dennis Pitta, six catches and 36 yards for the Baltimore Ravens. Ziggy Ansah had a tackle. And Kyle Van Noy had five tackles for the Detroit Lions, the elders of defense. Alani Fua and the Arizona Cardinals play tonight on Monday Night Football. Men's basketball. Sports Illustrated somehow projects TJ Haas will average 10.3 points per game. I don't know how they come with that number, but it's awesome. And be the 14th leading scorer among all freshmen nationally. Soccer. I think it's going to be 10.4 personally. I was thinking 11.2. Eighth-ranked BYU women's soccer beat up on Portland 3-0 on Saturday at Southfield. Ashley Hatch was not in the game, practicing with the U.S. national team, rather. Michelle Vasconcelos, Nadia Gomes, and Busy Bowen did work all scoring for BYU. Volleyball. 11th-ranked women's volleyball beat Gonzaga on the road in three sets. Senior Amy Boswell had 13 kills. Lindy Haddock had 38 assists and 15 digs for her fourth career double-double. 
And how about this? The BYU men's volleyball team will open the season January 6th and January 7th at Loyola Chicago and Lewis. That's good a tough softball. road trip. Those are good matches. Yep. The ladies swept Southern Utah in a doubleheader 7-0 and 4-2 at Gale Miller Park on Saturday. Mackenzie St. Clair had a grand slam in the first game. Cross country. Do it for your country, Mackenzie. The third-ranked <laughs> men's team took third, and the 15th-ranked women's team placed 10th at the Nuttycomb Wisconsin Invitational. Cougars in the PGA. I've missed this one. Mm. Zach Blair tied for 62nd <laughs> at two under par in the Safeway, Safeway Open amidst a bunch <gasps> of turkeys. Cougars overseas. Tyler Haas had 10 points and four rebounds in a win as he continues play in Poland for what's the name of the team? Anvil Wojtlavek. Yeah, Anvil Wojtlavek. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, a reminder, uh, we will be live at uh, 1.15 Eastern time, so in about 20 minutes from the weekly press conference for Kalani Satake and uh, select players. Also tonight, 6 Eastern time, the uh, a live BYU Sports Nation. We will cover the Big 12 press conference of whatever comes out of that. I love the speculation so much. It, it's rather humorous to me on, on Twitter right oh, now. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a national thing today. What's the Big 12 going to do? We will find out with you live. We're going to do our part. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. For quite possibly the final time, win, lose, or draw, Bob Bullsby. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I feel like playing piano music and just crying it out here can we stream well, well, well like either way right win lose draw bob it's been a great run on byu sports nation ever since that compelling teleconference on july 19th in which you said you would explore not the universe but expansion we hope that it does not end today and that we can continue this or that relationship it does end moving today forward. oh what <laughs> what is your biggest takeaway from BYU's victory over Mississippi State? End the piano music, please. Uh, this one has nothing to do with that Twitter question. At Spuddy underscore Buddy 16. This is from Spuddy Buddy himself. Give me back that shovel. I was going to hit Jerem Jordan over the head with it. Hashtag stop Jerem. Let's not condone violence. Let's condone throwing Spuddy Buddy off the set. <laughs> Our elite tweet of the day. At the name is B underscore rad. That this season has aged to be more than any. Six games decided by seven or less. And the Big 12 rumors. Oh, my goodness. Hey, we'll see you coming up at 6 Eastern. Shout out to Mike Haig. We'll do it again live.